At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On to activate this offer. That's promo code Locked On. L O C K E D O N. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. What's up, guys? David Harrison here of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And before we get today's episode started, I want to talk to you real quick about Blinkist. Like the rest of us, I bet you're going into 2020 thinking about what you didn't get around to in 2019 and your goals for the new year. If you want to work towards being your best self in 2020, understand more about the world around you, and make sure that your time is well spent, then Blinkist is for you. Blinkist is for anyone who cares about learning but doesn't have a lot of time. Blinkist takes the key insights from over 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories and condenses them down into 15-minute blinks, which are text and audio explainers that help you understand more about the core ideas of each book. Use blinks to get into a topic quickly, find new topics to grow from, or figure out which books you want to spend more time reading or listening to to completion. With Blinkist's high-quality audio feature, you can jump in right on the go during your commute at the gym or even download to listen offline. 12 million people are already using Blinkist to deepen their knowledge in over 27 categories of nonfiction, including self-improvement, personal growth, management, leadership, and mindfulness and happiness. I like Blinkist because in less than 15 minutes, I feel like I can track down my path to a more intelligent, informed, and happier me. For example, I was immediately drawn to the subtle art of not giving an F fill in the blanks by Mark Manson. And that's where I got started with Blinkist. And right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. So go to Blinkist.com slash locked on. That's all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off of a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash locked on to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. Once again, that's Blinkist.com slash locked on. You are locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to your Thursday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am David Harrison, one of your regulars, and joining me for the first time in too long is my our usual Thursday guest host, and that's of course Evan Winter, both of us from BucksNation.com, which you can follow on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Follow Evan at Evan underscore Winter, follow me at DH82 underscore Bucks, and of course you can follow the show at Locked On Bucks there on Twitter. Evan, how are you doing? Uh, for those of, of our audience who didn't catch some of the subtle hints and everything, Evan is is an expert athlete himself and unfortunately suffered an ACL injury, not a hamstring injury, but an ACL injury and has been recovering from surgery. So all of our well wishes have been uh, sent to Evan, of course, in, in the group chats and the text from the Bucks Nation guys. But Evan, tell the listeners uh, how you've been since uh, since the, we last talked to you and how your recovery is going. 
First off, it's been way too long, man. I'm so glad to be back on uh, with the holidays and the ACL. Yeah, things got pretty hectic there for a second. I uh, had surgery probably close to a month ago um, coming up this this Tuesday. Uh, so I'm about three and a half weeks out. Um, had my two-week checkup last week. They said I'm healing like a rock star. I'm actually ahead of schedule um, in terms of getting my movement back, my range of motion, so on and so forth. Now it's just really about continuing to do the exercises that I'm doing and just about weight and getting stronger um, in the knee and in the region where everything needs to heal. So definitely on the mend, man, um, everything's looking up. I'm not dealing with any pain hardly at all anymore. Still some discomfort, but everything's going really well and ready to uh, knock this offseason out, a very, very important offseason, that is. Oh, yeah. I mean, a huge offseason. And it's it's back-to-back, just just monumental offseasons for this franchise. I mean, last year it was the coaching, quote-unquote, search um, bringing in obviously netting Bruce Arians and his crew, which came in and made a lot of great improvements to the team. Whether you're talking culture, whether you're talking defense execution, I mean, uh, record-setting season for points scored by this offense, so on and so forth. And so then we have this year where obviously, unfortunately, we have the questions surrounding Jameis Winston and his future, and just the Buccaneers' quarterback position in general. Uh, we were talking off air, and you said you mentioned that you tweeted that currently the Buccaneers project to have one quarterback on the roster for 2020, and that is the legendary Ryan Griffin. Not not thinking that's the way the roster is going to be be finalized before we hit training camp. Pretty sure Ryan Griffin's going to have some company uh, there there at training camp, and you know, uh, don't want to don't want to bag on Ryan too much. He's, he seems like a good dude, so we're we're just going to leave it there. But <laughs> before <laughs> before we get to free agency, uh, and before we get to the NFL draft, after that. We have to get through just a, a plethora of mock drafts. So, guys, just to give you an idea of how this is going to work in the offseason, you know, obviously Evan and I have been talking throughout the regular season, kind of doing some pre-games, uh, some, some game previews and stuff like that while James takes Wednesdays off. James and I are still shooting, guys, to bring you five episodes a week. We can promise you probably four most weeks. We're going to shoot for five. We are going to take a little bit of time off here and there, but we'll have some what they call evergreen content for you guys to download and listen to if you need your fix of, of the Lockdown Bucks still. Uh, but during the offseason, Evan and I are going to be bringing you prospect previews over the podcast waves. And what we're going to do is we're going to take players, we're going to break down kind of their skill sets, how we see them projecting to the NFL game, how much. I mean, some of these guys are small school guys and how much that impacts you know their draft status and everything. And you know if we're hearing anything or if we're reading anything from some of the trusted sources around the league, we'll bring that to you as well. And with that, if you have recommendations, we've already gotten a few that Evan and I have already been kind of divvying up and working on. Um, continue to drop those. Continue to drop some of those names. And don't be bashful. I mean, drop the big names. I mean, if you want a breakdown on this show about Joe Burrow, even though we all pretty much assume there's zero chance that Joe Burrow's landing in Tampa, hey, if you want to know about him anyway, drop it in the inbox, drop it in the voicemail box, and we'll go ahead. We'll cover whatever you guys want to hear. Uh, but again, if you we have a wide receiver from Rhode Island. I mean, that's beautiful. Like, that's exactly what we're looking for. So if you know a guy from a small school, from an FCS school, whatever, that you want us to cover, throw his name out there. We'll take a look at it. We're going we're gonna to give you an honest feed. We're going to give you honest feedback. So, you know, if he's a favorite of yours and we don't like him so much, don't take it personal. Um, but we're going to start those. But we're going to start those next week. And on occasion, what we're going to do is we're going to bring you some mock drafts. And that's what we're doing this week on our first week in the offseason. I just dropped my first mock draft of the year. My current plan is to drop one every month leading to the NFL draft. You guys already know. 
as we get closer to the draft, once it hits like April, I'm probably going to do like three or four in April. But for now, the plan is one per month. And I dropped my first one. And let's recap this real quick. If you haven't read it, you can go to buckstation.com and read it. But I want to give you the rundown of the draft class as it happened. At pick number 14, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got A.J. Epinesa. And I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right, to be honest with you. Uh, edge rusher out of Iowa. Uh, the second round, we got Makai Becton, offensive tackle out of Louisville. In the third round, we got Ashton Davis, safety from California. Then we went with Chubba Hubbard, running back out of Oklahoma State. Benito Jones, interior defensive lineman from Ole Miss, joins the, joins the group after that. And when we wrapped it all off in the sixth round with Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers currently do not have a seventh-round draft pick. So, Evan, I say all that to set you up for this. Tell me your grade for my mock draft and – I mean, pick it apart, brother. Let me know what you think. I liked it, man. I liked it a lot. Um, now, let me just be go ahead and be clear. First off, and this is letting the listeners know as well, I pay a lot of attention to college football, but I am not very good at scouting. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've got the common sense. You know, I know what to look for and all that stuff, but definitely not a professional at this. So, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But, hey, that's what we're here for, right? I mean, let's just go ahead and get it done anyway. So, man, for your overall grade, um, I'd say I'd give it about a B. I definitely liked all of the selections. I feel like, though, Epinesa was a little repetitive. He reminds me a little bit of Anthony Nelson. Um, so that's kind of why I went, obviously we'll get into my picks later, but that's why I went, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, Kalevon Chasson out of LSU. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name or not. Um, he's had a little bit more pass rush, pass rushing potential, whereas Epinesa is more of a, you know, big powerful guy, but either way, um, Loved, loved all the picks. They were all definitely picks of need and probably the best picks available. Um, and, dude, got to give just points for drafting Chubba Hubbard. I mean, that that name, you just just love saying it just all the time. <laughs> yeah, bro. And I'll tell you, uh, James James Yarko, uh, our listeners, of course, know him. Evan, you obviously know him. He's, he's one of our Bucks Nation guys. Um, Big he Daddy be very Yarko. happy with me. Yeah, and, and James, if you're <laughs> listening to this, I expect props from you because uh, J.K. Dobbins, was available in the second round when when I took Makai Becton out of Louisville. And as much as my finger hovered over that dra- that draft pick and that select button, I I put my fandom away. And I do I really do like J.K. Dobbins as an NFL prospect. Oh, he looks great. Regardless yeah. of his school affiliations. Uh but I really thought about selecting him. And so so James, I expect a lot of props from you uh when you come back tomorrow for not selecting him. And also You'll, you'll see that K.J. Hill, Ohio State wide receiver, who these listeners know I'm very high on as a pro pros, prospect to get again, also not on the list because I went with a safety in the third round because I feel like it's a bigger need for this team. And I really like the little bit that I do know uh, about Ashton Davis out of California. Again, um, not haven't fully uh, investigated or scouted any of these guys yet, but what I do know I liked, and I feel like he fit what the Buccaneers need over K.J. Hill in the third round, so that's why I went ahead and went with him. Um, but tell us about uh, Chase on. I'm, that's how I'm going to say it for right now. We'll we'll get into the weeds on these things and figure these things out as we go through the offseason. But tell me about what you like uh, that he brings to the table versus what Epinesa brings to the table. What I love about Chase on, man, is speed to power. And that's one of the most coveted, um, I guess, I guess characteristics. There's a better word for it. I'm just too much of an idiot to think of it. Um, but that's one of the most important characteristics and one of the mo- more most elite characteristics 
um, in your pass rushers today in the NFL. Uh, he is extremely powerful. Um, he has an explosive first step. He has quick twitch hips, which even allows LSU to drop him into coverage at times. He's a very versatile defender. Um, and he's just gotten better every single year. He's had a career high six and a half sacks this year. He still has one more game to play. So obviously that number has a chance to improve. And um, he now he did tear his ACL in 2018. So that's a little concerning, but obviously he seems like he's on a full recovery from that playing very, very well. Um, and, you know, obviously the point with uh, drafting players is that you want to plan for the future as well. And this pick fits in perfectly with the Bucks' future. Um, let's just go ahead and disregard the, the um, amb- ambiguity or ambiguousness, whatever the hell the right word is. I'm sorry. My vocabulary is just terrible tonight. But um, with the CBA in 2021, let's go ahead and forget about, you know, the unknown with that. Um, and if the Bucks were to take Chase on, I'm a firm believer they sign JPV uh, maybe for two years, you know, something like that, whatever the price is, and obviously bring Shaq back. Um, Chase on another negative negative of his. I don't I don't really consider an injury a negative, so let me step, take a couple steps back. Um, honestly, probably the biggest negative of Chase on is that he still, even though he has that speed to power, he can show some really nice pass rush moves. Um, he still does need to work on his overall pass rush game. And if you draft him at 14, um, then uh, that's you definitely want him to be a very effective pass rusher. You don't want him just to be a middling pass rusher. So I figure, you know, re- re-sign JPP, re-sign Shaq, let him kind of play a Brian Burns out of Carolina role, come in as a rotational player, kind of get a couple years under his belt, allow him to learn under Shaq and JPP, and then boom, once JPP gets out you have Shaq and you have Chase on for at least another two to three years um, and then you can decide what you want to do but either way you have an elite pass rushing tandem slash trio for at least a couple of years on the outside edges yeah and I'll tell you Evan uh, I mean Chase on Nepin as I've I've heard both their names uh, connected to the Buccaneers in early mock drafts obviously we know uh, we we all know if if you if you pay attention to mock drafts over the year you know usually your January mocks are different than your actual for, for for several reasons, there are guys that we're not even talking about in the first round. They're going to climb their way up into day one. So moving on, moving on from there, uh, right back to he. So he's someone that we both uh, selected, and I kind of wrote about my thoughts on him. Just you know, he was the best tackle on the board. Obviously, this team has a need at uh, the offensive tackle position, whether it be left or right. You know, based on based on your opinions. Um, and when you look at Becton, he's a guy who he from early early analysis, right? It looks like he's a guy who would be able to transfer to the right side of Nebi. He plays left side at Louisville, but I don't know, man. I almost wonder. I know, like there was that famous quote that came out not too long ago from a, from an offensive lineman who basically said, you know, imagine you know whatever hand you wipe your butt with, learn how to wipe it with the other hand now. Well, the thing about it is, you can do it, like. If I if you were forced to learn how to do that activity with your other hand, it wouldn't really honestly take you that long to do. So uh, to kind of counterpoint that argument, what you're saying is it can be done. So you're saying there's a chance to quote the great Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> but Becton's a guy. And, and you know, if, if Buccaneers draft an offensive tackle who is not a clear right tackle, like he played right tackle in college, so he's going to play right tackle in the NFL. But if they draft a guy like Becton who plays left, I think there's going to be a lot of fans who are kind of going to start pining on social media for Donovan Smith to get moved to the right. But honestly, he didn't have that bad of a year overall. And then, you know, the injury kind of happened. They, if they draft a guy like Becton, I think Becton's the one who moves over to the right side. You picked him as well. So, so give everybody kind of your thoughts on Makai and, and why he was your pick there in the second round. 
Yeah, man. Um, honestly, it was almost a coin flip between him and Prince Tega Wanago out of Auburn. He plays the left side as well. And yeah, you're right, I had the I same mean, situation. Right. Yeah, dude. It was it was hard, man. It was really hard. And you know, I know all about wiping my butt. I don't really know much about playing left and right tackle in the NFL, though. So, um, you know, when it comes to moving over to the right side with with both players, I think you just got to kind of pick your poison and and maybe see which one you think can translate better. But you got to love Beckton's wide base. You got to love his you got to love his leverage. How he plays with low leverage. Um, he gets behind his pads. Um, he's very good at the point of attack. Um, he can set his and he's very good in, in run blocking as well, which is obviously going to be important considering how much this team loves to run the damn ball. So uh, I, I really like Becton a lot. Um, and it, but my same concerns with Prince Tega Wanago is, you know, how could he play on the right side? Either way, this offensive line needs depth and it needs good depth. So the Bucks have to take somebody high. Um, I honestly and this is kind of stepping outside of the draft. But I just got to throw this in there. I honestly think they should go after Brandon Scherf and free agency, the guard out of Washington. I know you'll say, well, hey, they've got Alex Kappa. Either way, bring in Scherf, man. Pay him some money. Get in an established guy, one of the best underrated guards in the league. Let Alex Kappa be depth and learn for a couple more years. I mean, you're only paying him $900,000 next year. I believe over the next two years. If, hold on, let me check my notes real quick. Um, let's see. Kappa, yeah, $900,000 next year. And let's see. Yep, $973,000 in 2021. So let him learn under a guy like Scherf, and then if Kappa can walk, he, he'll walk after two years, but at least you've got good depth. So either way, Bucks need to take somebody high on the offensive line in this draft, and I believe Becton, just like you, is the best guy in the second round. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, I'm not, you know, I mean, you talk about Alex Kappa kind of moving back into the shadows a little bit, adding depth to the line uh, by moving one of your starters down a peg. I mean, I didn't flinch at the idea. You know what I mean? I feel like Alex did a pretty good job, but he did. Hey, you know, you're you're always as an NFL franchise, you're looking to improve. And if if that improvement pushes one of your starters down into a death role, there, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And I mean, he's always been viewed as a project, so there's nothing wrong, especially if you're not paying your project millions of dollars a year. You're literally not even well. You're technically you're you're paying him close enough to a million dollar a year, but you know what I'm saying. And just uh, give right. him the time to grow. Obviously, he's still like our guy John Marchand's been saying. He still needs time to grow in a strength and conditioning program and get more weight and more strength under his feet. And he had some problems with injuries this year, so you know, let him develop for a couple more years. Even though he played well, I was fine with him and and bringing a guy who. Can get it done yeah and i mean i don't think anybody can argue with the fact that this offensive line is in desperate need of some depth we saw it at training camp of this team this offensive line had no depth no Uh, you saw what happened when donovan smith went out um josh wells actually did better the second go around with donovan smith out than he did the first you know in the the initial game but still it's it's not anywhere you can't go 16 games like that if you needed to um so so definitely his team's in need of, of depth Going off our strategy, you know, Becton, obviously, now if you take him, you've got a guy who can already play the left side. So if he learns how to play the right side, and let's say maybe you bring in a guy, let's say you re-sign Dot, or let's say you bring in a Brian Bulaga, um, who's gonna, who's a right tackle, who's going to be a free agent this year, then you've already got your draft pick who could play either side. So you're adding more depth as well. So either way, it, it just it just makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, most definitely. And, and remember, uh, BA, this coaching staff, they love versatility. That's why yep. a lot of these guys were brought in. That's why a lot of these guys were drafted is because they were versatile pieces that could be moved around. And we saw during the season that they moved their pieces around as much as they could um, and, until they found the right fit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, right. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a great strategy that fits along the lines of what this team likes to do. Third round man, Antoine Winfield Jr., 
you gotta love this kid. Um, I mean, his stock has done nothing but just get higher and higher, just exponentiate over the over the past few weeks. Um, uh, the biggest concern is he's had a lot of injuries. Um, it's more than just one injury. I believe he's lost over 10 to 12 games during his career due to multiple injuries. Um, and a lot of people knock his size. He's 5'10", 205. But, I mean, he's an absolute ball hawk. Earl Thomas was only 5'10". Now he was 220. So, But Antoine has plenty of time to put some more weight on. He could easily take care of that. Uh, but dude's an absolute ball hawk would be that free-range safety that can kind of roam the backfield that Todd Bowles loves. And then whenever, due to his size, whenever a, a bigger, more athletic co- tight end comes in, slide in Isaiah White or Isaiah Whitehead, Jordan Whitehead, who's obviously shown that he can cover tight ends, um, especially your more athletic ones. He would just be another really valuable uh, addition to the, to the defensive backfield. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be there in the third round. I think he might go as high as the first round, um, maybe even the, the high, high second round. So right now, a third round Antoine Winfield Jr. would be an absolute steal. Yeah, good stuff. And I just, I'll tell you, I just really enjoy the fact that through the first four rounds, we really followed the same uh, pattern. And as far as players that were picked, just the way that the board went down. So uh, that gives me a little bit more confidence in my mock- mocking abilities um, to see that you had the same pattern. But in the fourth round, we both took running backs. And I think we both agree. Uh, I took Chubba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State. You took Cam Akers out of Florida State. I think we both agree neither of those guys are going to be available in the fourth round. Yeah, for sure. But there's no way. If Cam Akers is an expect and Chubba Hubbard, too, are both in the fourth round, that will just – yeah, that'll just kill me and just or not kill me. That'll just surprise the the hell out of me. And real quick, while we're talking about running backs, let me just ask you this question real quick. Never mind. Actually, we'll save that for another time. So – be ready for the next time, boys and girls. But, yeah, no way both of those guys are in there. Um, but either way, if one of them are there in the fourth round, I believe they'd be a perfect complimentary back to Ronald Jones. Um, and right now the Bucks only have Ronald Jones, Dare, and TJ Logan under on their roster next year. Hard for me to see Peyton Barber coming back just because I believe he can find more success and a bigger payday elsewhere. Um, and Dare and TJ – both have zero dead cap if they're if they're uh, cut next year. So I, the Bucks can do whatever they want at running back right now. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, uh, there are going to be some free agents out there available potentially that I think some Buccaneers fans are gonna are gonna kind of want you know this team to kick the tires on. Uh, a guy like Melvin Gordon comes to mind uh, with ninety million dollars in cap space. If Melvin gets away from Los Angeles and the Chargers don't ink him to a long term deal, I'm not saying that I would necessarily rally for. The, uh, the Bucks to bring in Melvin Gordon, but I think he's a guy that a lot of people would be interested to see if Jason Light and, and this staff kind of talk to him, work him out, maybe do some physical stuff. He does have an injury history. Uh, but then rounding out the classes, uh, Evan, I think we both kind of targeted depth probably in the fifth round. I went with Benito Jones, a defensive lineman out of Ole Miss, kind of looking at like what's going to be behind guys like Vita Vea. You went with Shaquille Quarterman, a linebacker out of Miami, and everybody knows that Todd Bowles' defense – BA's off BA's roster, they need linebackers because that's, I mean, BA said it himself earlier this offseason that linebackers is what makes this team go when it comes to special teams and it comes to defensive depth. Um, they've got some question marks in the depth there, like guys like Mike Minner or uh, Kevin Minner, like if he's going to be back or not, Jack Sitchie coming back off of injury again. So right. tell everybody what your thought process was, was going with Quarterman because he's definitely a guy I've heard of and I don't really watch a lot of Miami football. So for me to have heard of him already means he's at least got some upside. 
Yeah. Oh, well, he was very, very highly heralded um, coming into uh, college. Uh, and he was Manny Diaz. It's funny, man. He used to be um, MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. That's where I went to college. Um, he used to be their defensive coordinator. And now he's the head coach of Miami Hurricanes. It's just funny watching his career. But he was a huge, huge uh, quarterman guy. Um, he, I remember him talking about him a couple years ago. But anyways, um, man, he is very, very effective blitzer through the A-gap. Sound familiar? Um, he's very, very strong. Um, he can. He has some good speed. He is more of a Kevin Minner guy, where he could fit that backup role, kind of come in, bust some heads. Um, you know, not necessarily your Levante who's going to make plays from sideline to sideline, but I believe he could develop into a really nice piece for this defense um, in a fifth rounder. If you can make get a quality backup in the fifth round, then you're doing your job, um, and that's exactly what he can provide. Um, and you also got to look at it too. The Bucks going into next year, like you said, they've got Kishi under contract. But um, outside of that, they've got Noah Dawkins, Kendall Beckwith, and then Devin Levante and Anthony Nelson. So they're going to have to get depth at linebacker. Um, in 2021, that's when uh, Levante is no one, no, no longer in the picture. So if they decide not to bring him back, they're going to have to have somebody else there to help kind of fill that spot. And who knows, Quarterman might end up turning into into a starter. But um, man, I really love. So that's how I feel about Quarterman. But I really loved your pick of Benito Jones on the defensive line, the interior defensive lineman out of Ole Miss. The only reason I didn't go interior defensive line is because I want the Bucks to take a run at Jordan Phillips in free agency this year. I know he's had he's always shown flashes and he kind of all put it together this year in Buffalo. I think you can get him from around nine and a half to ten million a year. And if you do that, that will be the perfect compliment. You could get rid of Sue. You can actually upgrade Sue, I feel like Jordan Phillips is. And uh and um and that would take care of your of your defensive line problem for at least right now. Yeah, that's a great point. And and I'll tell you that's why I love doing mock drafts. Like there was there was some there's a conversation I saw on Twitter today talking about mock drafts and you know it's pointless to do them in January and all this other stuff. And I, I disagree. And and part of the reason that person said they're pointless to do in January is actually why I enjoy doing them in January because I like seeing how my own mock drafts and other people's mock drafts morph. And transition and adapt to what happens in the college football landscape here at the end of the year with the senior bowl coming up and the bowl games getting finished up. What happens in the early part of free agency? We, you know, what players get retained by teams and which ones are allowed to hit the market and then so on. So over every phase of the offseason, I enjoy seeing how my own mocks uh, adapt to what's going on and other people's because those things if, 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 uh, impact what we what we think and, and how we pick. I mean. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers retain all of their edge talent, you know, what I mean, right down to the Carl Nassibs and and all that, and let's say in the early part of the free agency, they even bring in another guy, like another depth guy, to go there uh, with Anthony Nelson. I mean, that's going to knock a guy like Epinesa down the board for guys mm-hmm. who are who are mocking for the Buccaneers, even though, I mean, and, but at the same time, does it because JPP is getting older? Is Nelson the future at that position after JPP? You know what I mean? Like, there's just a lot of things that go into. It. So that's why I enjoy doing. Uh, January mock drafts, and I like that you're already kind of looking ahead at some of the free agents that might impact these things. It just it gives it a nice little flavor. Um, and then to wrap everything up, uh, we both went wide receiver in the sixth round. I took Denzel Mims out of Baylor. You went with Jawan Jennings out of Tennessee. And here's here's what and, and it brought up a really good point to me that I wanted to kind of bring up because a lot of Buccaneers fans that are Florida State fans get a lot of grief for wanting the Buccaneers to draft their players. But if we're being real, everybody that has a, that is a fan of a college team and supports a pro team. They want to see their college players end up on their pro team, and that's, oh, that's yeah. every fan base. It's yeah, not you're, Florida State yeah. specific. That's everybody. Yeah. You're just being stubborn. But between our two mocks, Evan. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're you're just not being honest. Be to be honest right. with you, that's how that's my opinion anyway. But um, as much crap as I get for being a Buckeye fan on this show, I have no Buckeyes on my mock. You've got a volunteer <laughs> sitting here, and I know you tried to bury him in the sixth round, but he jumps out. <laughs> I saw him. So justify yourself as as why you're not being biased here and taking a Tennessee volunteer wide receiver to become the number one wide receiver of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I know that's what you're planning. As I literally sit here and adjust my Tennessee hat on that I currently have, <laughs> that I currently have on, um, it's all about familiarity, man, in the sixth round. Uh, Denzel Mims is by far a better athlete than Juwan Jennings, but Juwan Jennings is an absolute dog. He is a football player. He is going to come in. He's going to instantly, not that the not that the um, wide receiver room needs it, but he's going to instantly just bring more toughness. He's going to raise the toughness in that room. I mean, you talk about Mike Evans being a dog, dude. These two dudes are going to absolutely love each other. He is a run blocker. He will get out there. He will make clutch catches. Anybody need an example? Go back to the twenty thousand or the two thousand sixteen game against the Georgia Bulldogs. Just type in Jawan Jennings two thousand sixteen Georgia Bulldogs. You'll get exactly what I mean. Um, and the dude can he can run outside. He can play on the perimeter, even though it's not really a strength. But he can run the seven route. He can run the eight route. He can run the two route. He can play quarterback, which he's done at uh, Tennessee and has been effective. effective he was a four-star quarterback coming out of high school. So, I mean, the dude is just talented. He will do whatever it takes. He does have some concentration issues. He can go a little overboard with his attitude at times. I will definitely say that. But, man, in the sixth round, Juwan Jennings would be an absolute steal. So, that that's why, man. But And, and I would love to see him on this team. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that that's all fair. You know what I mean? I can't, can't argue with you there. Um, we did get a little bit of an argument, though, on Twitter. So, you sent your mock draft and a screenshot out on Twitter. Uh, yep. Mine went out on Twitter in the forum of an article link to to the to the published column there on BucksNation.com. And infamous underscore Matt, that's with one ah, T, not two, Matt. commented on, on your mock and said, uh, another running back, Evan, no young quarterback to even try to push for a backup role. And uh, just, just all things being fair, we're both guilty of that. Um, we both have another running back being drafted to this team. We both only have one offensive lineman, which, you know, we, we already know this fan base has just kind of been screaming, you know, the top of their lungs about the lack of draft capital being spent on this offensive line. And then we've only got one, even though everybody seems uh, to appreciate Becton as a draft pick. Um, we've only got the one. So I know how I ended up with no quarterbacks. How did you end up with no quarterbacks on your draft board? Okay, so free agency, um, you know, you've got some pretty serviceable vets coming free this year, um, primarily, and this is probably going to trigger a lot of people. Some people are probably going to drive right off the road. Please don't. Um, Andy Dalton, I, I really think you could bring him on a relatively team-friendly deal, um, and I would love to have him as a backup. Um, he's going to want to prove that he can play, and if stuff goes wrong with Jameis, then he could step in and win a few games. Um, honestly, I think if stuff goes wrong with Jameis, this team is not going to win many games for the first uh, in the first place. And honestly, and this is just me thinking ahead. And obviously, like I said, we're going to act like the CBA isn't an issue in 2021. If things obviously don't go right with Jameis this year, then dude, sell the free, sell the freaking future for Trevor Lawrence. I'm talking whatever it takes. Hopefully, like I said, things will go wrong with Jameis in the beginning. Um, or if things are going wrong with Jameis, it's already going to have you at a bad record. So hopefully you'll be in a decent uh, draft position where you won't have to mortgage too much. Um, but do whatever you can to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, there's also the possibility of two attack of Oa sitting, uh, coming back for another year at Alabama. So he might be back in 2021. 
I just I don't know too much about the rookie class of quarterbacks this year and just how the Bucks are currently positioned in the draft. I just don't feel like this is the year that they can actually get a, a quarterback without having to reach too far. Um, and I believe there's just too many other needs on this team to fill first. Now, I realize also by saying that, that you're going to have to pay Andy Dalton a little bit more than you would a usual backup quarterback. Um, and that's going to cut into your resources, um, which is kind of a, tend, a, a, a little bit counterintuitive. But that's where I came from, man. Um, it's just that if – you're, you're wanting if you're franchising Jameis, you're obviously still think he's the future t- at a certain degree. Um, if that doesn't work next year, then just burn it all down and just go after a quarterback in 2021 that you feel like you can brat, uh, build your franchise around. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so the reason I ended up without a quarterback is actually a lot simpler. Um, so, I, <laughs> so I kind of like I kind of like I feel like motivated to like make up some like profound reason. So no, really no, what it was, that. I didn't feel like taking Jordan Love or Jacob Eason at number 14. No, I didn't I'm, feel like yeah, that's where um, and I was fairly confident as much as I could be um, that one of them, if not both of them, would be available come pick 45. And my plan was actually to take one of them in the second round. However, both of them left the board before I came back around. Uh, to take Becton, which is why I end up with no quarterbacks. Because after that, I mean, uh, Jake Fromm was still on the board. But uh, as I wrote on the article at BucksNation.com, I wasn't just going to draft a quarterback for the sake of drafting a quarterback. Right. Uh, exactly. I honestly don't like what I've seen of Jake Fromm. Haven't looked at him from like an analytical, like you know, uh, an, you know, player evaluations, you know, lens. I've watched him, but just kind of as a casual college football fan. So all things being fair to Jake, that's not like an official, you know. Uh, opinion of mine for for draft reasons but uh, i didn't want to just pull the trigger on a quarterback to say well we need to draft one so let's just grab one and then after that man i mean um I'm, I'm all about this team having competition at the quarterback position but really uh third round on i don't really see a whole lot of options there in, in the quarterback class as far as that's going to be a legitimate uh contender for like a backup spot or, or anything like right. that and of course you never know you, you're gonna have six round guys and but you know as as much as the the Patriots get credit for Tom Brady. Listen, the, the Patriots drafted him in the sixth round, which means they passed him in the first five, just like every other NFL franchise. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit of luck involved in these things. But from a mock draft standpoint, there's no way I'm going to sit here with you guys, our listeners and our readers, draft a quarterback in the fifth round and say, hey, if if he ends up being a Tom Brady, you're going to all think I'm genius. I'm a genius <laughs> because that is very that's a very lazy way of mock drafting and say, oh, look, there's a quarterback applaud me guys because i drafted a quarterback right, so right that's how i came up with zero quarterbacks. um so for everybody well, yeah. out there talking about you know this draft class needs quarter we need to go after one i completely agree with you for the most part um but i think that's one of those things that we're going to see like is jordan love and is jacob eason really are they really first round draft picks or are they really early day two draft picks because if both those guys are available early day two and the Buccaneers draft an Epinesa or a chase on or an offensive lineman or whatever, we might see them make a move. We might see Jason Light make a move to draft. That might be where uh, one of these tight ends gets shifted with you know a package of picks or something like that to move up in the second round and grab one of those quarterbacks. It's something that completely could happen. It's a, it's a lot easier to move up on day two than it is to move up on day one. Um, James is a huge fan of moving up to draft Joe Burrow. I think that's a lot of tongue in cheek to be honest with you, but um, you know, just looking at the point sheet, uh, three ones, three number one picks at pick number fourteen, um, which is what they're going to get valued at. 
still don't make up enough points to move up to number one by itself. And then right. you add on the fact that you're moving up to number one to take a quarterback. You might as well add just another one on top of it. So you're talking the equivalent, the point equivalency of five number one draft picks uh, or five first round draft picks from pick 14. That's a huge bounty to pay. But getting a Jordan Love or a Jacob Eason at the top of round two, if they turn out to be what everybody kind of is hoping they're going to be right now, um, it's going to be fun to watch how these quarterbacks develop. But that's kind of where I was coming from. No, I'm. I hear you all the way, man. And like, I'm. That's one reason why I didn't take it. I mean, obviously, I'm thinking a little bit ahead of the future, but that's one reason why I didn't take one as well. Is just how the draft fell. I just didn't feel like it was warranted to take a quarterback. And I mean, you can find somebody serviceable and free agent that won't cost you that much. Um, so it can definitely happen. And one thing I wanted to touch on real quick. One reason why I didn't draft a cornerback is um, I believe the tight or the Titans. I believe the Bucks should go after Titans cornerback Logan Ryan in the offseason. You want to talk about, you know, everybody's talking about how the secondary was one veteran away from being a very, very good secondary, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, the secondary came on more towards the end of the year, so that might not be as strong as a feeling now. But if you got a guy like Logan Ryan who can move around this defense, who can play the slot, who can play outside from every now and then, who can go on, who is a very effective blitzer, um, was, I think, second on the team on the Titans and sacks this year and the Titans had a pretty pretty decent pass rush wasn't the greatest but they had a pretty decent one um if you can get a guy like Logan Ryan on the in this secondary oh my god it'll like I said it'll immediately lock up the slot position you can drop MJ he's got a, about a million dollar dead cap hit so just add a million on to whatever you're going to pay Logan Ryan and that's kind of what Logan Ryan will cost um and then you'll have your two outsides locked down with SMB and and Jamel and uh, Carlton Davis kind of in a rotation or uh, SMB can come in on the slot and rotate with Logan dude it would and he can play the safety to position too. Logan can so um, that's why I didn't draft a cornerback in in my mock draft and with that guys we're going to call this episode a wrap um, again Evan will be back with us next week again on Thursday to talk more about NFL drafts that so we're going to be talking about some specific prospects that you guys have called in or messaged in on Twitter on Twitter with uh, we've already added like three more to the list that I haven't even told Evan about right now because we're going to we're going to push those to probably the next week and then, of course, we'll have some Shrine Game preview stuff. We'll have some Senior Bowl preview stuff. We'll just keep it going, guys. Um, we love talking about this stuff. You guys seem to enjoy talking about this stuff, so by all means, hit us up with your thoughts. If you have your own mock drafts that you want to share, go ahead and shoot them to us, and we, we can talk about some of those uh, here and there. If you just absolutely hate what Evan and I did, feel free to let us know and, and we'll play it. Just remember, keep it clean. It is a family show, and try to keep the voicemails to about a minute, minute and a half. Um, but until then, and until the next time that Evan is with us next week, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Of course, you can follow myself on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks. Follow Evan at Evan underscore Winner. Follow everything we're writing about the Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Follow the show at Bucks. And until next time, be safe. Thank you for joining us right here at the Lockdown Bucks Podcast. Crazy.